You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening, and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock, and this program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. In it, I talk to someone who is a person of note, and we listen to music of their choice. My original guest tonight was unable to be here because she has three young children and she doesn't want to go out uh, in contact with other people. And she was going to talk about the MAD Foundation, uh, which is making a difference, MAD, M-A-D. One of the other members of the participating group in MAD is my son, Henry. So I asked him if he would come in and he said he would. Good evening, Henry. Good evening, Dad. <laughs> nice, nice to be on your show finally. I know. After all these yeah, years. After many years after of listening to you. Many years. Here. This is wonderful. And first of all, please tell us what the MAD Foundation is and what your involvement in it is. So the MAD Foundation to Make a Difference is a foundation that was started by Francois Pinar in 2004. And his message is uh, leaders across SA for SA. And basically, it's a foundation uh, that puts scholars through school, uh, scholars that are identified as leaders. Um, and his goal is to have a leader in every single town across the country. And it's working. Yeah, it started um, in 2014 when uh, Mad to Adventures, which is the subsidiary that we're riding with, started. There were 56 scholars in the program. And um, as, of, as of today, sorry, there are uh, 318 from all over South Africa. Okay, so it's picking up. Yeah, it's picking up. Good. And they've managed to raise to date um, the Mad to Adventures, uh, 4.3 million rand. Um, and this year with our run, we were aiming to add another 2 million rand to that. Now, you, you have said a couple of times your run. Just tell us what this run is. So a Mad to Adventures is this NPO that donates all of their money to Mad, the Mad Foundation. The run, uh, they do two events a year. One is the run and one is the ride. The run is a, a relay-style race from Joburg down to Cape Town. Um, it's over eight days, 1,520 kilometers, and it's 43 participants. And um, it's just a vibe. Everyone takes an eight-hour shift, and uh, you sort of camp in random areas around South Africa and school grounds and farms, whatever. And the goal is to run down to Cape Town. And for every kilometer that the people run, um, people pledge an amount of money, a rand, 10 rand, and that's how they raise the funds. And you were hoping to raise 2 million? We were aiming to raise 2 million rand this year uh, through the run and the ride. Um, the ride managed to get completed <laughs> before the country was shut down. Um, yeah, and we, we put together a whole bunch of fundraisers that we've managed to do some of. Others have been postponed. But our goal this year was 2 million rand. And is the run taking place or not? The run is taking place. It's been postponed. Um, it was meant to be now in April uh, with the ending on the two oceans. Obviously, the two oceans was cancelled. So we took the decision to postpone, obviously, because we don't want to uh, do anything bad with this virus and stuff like that. So now it's been postponed to October, uh, and we will end with a Sanlam Cape Town marathon. And hopefully by September, everything will be back to normal, we hope. Hopefully yeah. by September, things will be yeah. back to normal. Yeah. Um, well, and we're going to talk later in this program about the effect that COVID-19 has had on the arts in general. But there you hear another example of something which has had to be cancelled because of COVID-19, 
a fundraiser for the MAD Foundation. And I'm talking to my son, Henry, uh, and we'll talk about other things that he's involved in. But here's his first choice of music. Or actually, it's a whole group choice, is it? Yes, we, we put it out to the group and we put it on WhatsApp and everyone sort of came back uh, with a few of their favorite songs and then doubled down because they didn't really know whether it needed to be classical or not. So they'll be very happy to know it doesn't have to be classical. And and this was the group of people who were going to run yes, to Cape Town. Yeah. And you say there are 42 of them? Yes, 43 of us. 43? Yes. And you were, we'll hear more about it in a moment. Let's hear your first choice, which is incredibly appropriate. It's called Chariots of Fire. That was yes. Chariots of Fire, the choice of Henry Cock, who's my guest in People of Note. And for listeners who perhaps don't know, I have two children, Alexandra, who works with me in Richard Cock Music Enterprises, and Henry, my son, who's a restaurateur. And we'll hear more about that uh, in a moment. But we're talking about the mad... For adventures which was going to run to cape town it's been postponed have you had previous runs yes their first run took place um oh, i can't even tell you but it took place uh, a guy called sean raff who's the founder of the mad two adventures um started he, he quit his job he was looking for some meaning um so him and i think 12 of his mates decided that they would do this run and it sort of grew from there i think the 12 of them must have really suffered. I can't imagine how much running they must have done. And knowing how much I've done and how much I was expecting to do, it's, it's quite taxing on your body. Um, and I think they, they found the meaning that they were looking for. And they've really contributed a lot to these scholars and their lives and their journeys. And they've really done a good job to be a part of SA. Now, you're a relatively young chap. You're 34 now. Uh, and... Are there many people of your age who are involved in similar things to this? I mean, is there a good feeling among young people about wanting to help the community at large? Yeah, there really is. I, I must say I've been impressed by how everyone's joined together to do fundraising and get people on board and doing just little things to help, you know, contribute to society. I mean, everyone in the group has always participated in all the fundraisers and everyone's gone out and sort of tapped into their networks and their resources to contribute. And it is, it's a feel-good thing. And I think more than ever in today's society, we need people who are, who are selfless and care about others. But you've been doing this sort of thing since you were at university, I think. Yeah, yeah, I have been doing it. I mean, I'm, I've, I'm quite, you know, I'm passionate about helping other people. Um, and it's been fun. I mean, I think... Part of the appeal of it is not is not just the fundraising, but it's the adventure that you go on in you know in the same breath. Sort of it's, having a jaw with your mates. Yeah, not even having a jaw. I think it just like it pushes you a bit. It tests you. It's something not a lot of people get to do. It's something that uh, is for yourself. It's just it's quite a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. It really is. So, of the one thousand five hundred kilometers to Cape Town, how many would you have run? Not as many as everyone else. And I'd be lying <laughs> if I said that and they'll call me out. Um, I was personally looking at doing a half marathon every day. So I was looking at doing about 160 kilometers over the eight days. Uh, but there were some people, um, there's a, a lady called Anele who was looking to do an ultra marathon every day, which was 56 to 60 kilometers every day. And do you run, it's one at a time? Or do, can they run in groups? You run in groups. Uh, you you run in pairs mostly. So there's sort of minimum two runners on the road. Um, but in your group, every eight hours, there are eight runners and you have to cover 80 kilometers. 
And presumably they're backup vehicles and things going. Yeah, they're backup vehicles and there's music blaring and sort of beds in there and food and it, it's a really good vibe. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Well, and 42 of you or 43 of you together for how many? Eight days is quite a party, I expect. I, I don't think... I, I think when you finished running, the last thing you want to do is party. I think you'd like to sleep. I think once we headed down to Cape Town, I think that's when the party would have begun. Um, if we if the ride was anything to go by and all of that was on the Mad to Adventures um, Facebook and webpage and stuff like that, all the photos at the end of every day was just of people exhausted. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. And your next choice of music is uh, about not flying or running. Well, it is about flying, not running. This is the famous Flight of the Bumblebee by Rimsky Corsica. That was the Flight of the Bumblebee, and I guess uh, they were not running as fast as that Bumblebee was going. Uh, how have you had a lot of other things affected by the COVID outbreak? Yeah. Um, well, tell us yeah. because, and I think for our listeners, um, perhaps you don't quite get how it's affected the arts, but it has affected the arts really badly. So, for example, I have had all my concerts for the next two months have had to be cancelled, and people are cancelling things into June. Uh, so it's really affected me and all the people that I work with, the musicians, singers, dancers, very, very badly. The ballet has been cancelled. And mostly musicians are freelance in South Africa and we live from gig to gig. So it's really affected us all very badly. And I'm sure the restaurant business as well. Yeah, the restaurant business has taken a complete knock. I I don't even think we can quantify it right oh. now. Um but it's, yeah, it's tough. I don't even know if the businesses will survive much, yeah. much past May. Yeah. And just also for the listeners, you, you have how many restaurants? We've got six restaurants and we were involved with the Dome. Um, there, all the events have been cancelled. Uh, we were doing stuff with um, real concerts for the Johnny Clegg that's been postponed. Um, and you've also got a business. I, I just want to tell the listeners what you do. You, you also have a business called Major Tom. Yeah. which dispenses hot or cold drinks or soup or yeah. at big events. At big events. And yeah. there'll be zero big events now. Yeah, zero big events. Um, your dad, I uh, I can't even tell you how yeah. how stressful it is. Yeah. I I don't, I, I'm, I, and I know I'm not the only one. I, yeah. When I speak to all my friends who work in the similar industry to us, entertainment, it's not even just restaurants or the arts. It's, it's any sort of... Anything that involves people. Anything that involves people. Like yeah. It's just getting... Yeah. I can't even let you... I can't even tell you what's going to happen. Because you don't really know. Yeah, we no. don't know. We don't know how long it's going to be. Yeah. We don't know how, the, how it's going to affect people, um, but it is going to affect people. Yeah. yeah. No, it has already and will affect them more. And uh, what we need is the cavalry to the rescue. And your next choice is from William Tell or your group's next choice, is from William Tell, when the cavalry finally arrives at the end to get rid of the tyrant Gessler. This is music by Rossini, the galop from William Tell. That was the uh, finale from the overture, William Tell, by Rossini. And at this stage, I'm going to bring in my colleague, Kutluanu uh, Masote, because he, like me, is a conductor, musician, and it's affected him as well. They've had to cancel his Opera Jewels concert, but let him tell us what it's about. One of the people affected by the 
uh, current outbreak of the coronavirus is my compatriot here at Classic 1027, Kutluana Masote. Kutluana, just give us an idea of what has happened in your life for the worse since this outbreak. Well, uh, as a concert producer, we've obviously had to cancel a few things coming up, uh, not least of which is our annual Opera Gala concert, Opera Jewels, which uh, we've rescheduled. So we haven't actually canceled, we've postponed it. Uh, and we'll probably, in consultation with everyone else, either have it in the second half of June or the first half of August. So that's when everyone else is available to, to resume but it was coming up shortly. It was going to be in exactly three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's incredibly disruptive. But I'm sure that's not the only thing. Teaching, Teaching is disruptive. Yeah. So, I mean, for, well, fortunately for me personally, I don't teach. But I can imagine how some of my other colleagues uh, who run schools and, you know, and as a parent, I can tell you that it's been quite disruptive. I, I now have a child back home who was in boarding school, have another one coming back from the UK. That's really scary. So there are family decisions to make because he has to self-quarantine. So I either stay home with him for two weeks or I don't see him for two weeks, go and stay with my elderly mother and put her at risk. So there's some decisions to make there. Yeah, and I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg mm. because depending on how long it goes on, of course, could disrupt things further into the I've already had things cancelled in June. So, you know, people are running scared now. Yeah, so last year I started doing something called the Royal Show in Peter Maritzburg with Christopher Dagen and the KZN Philharmonic Orchestra. And he had just confirmed me just a few weeks ago and he wrote to me earlier this week to say it's been cancelled. A whole Royal Expo, uh, which attracts thousands of people. So I guess it's understandable. But, you know, I, I was just somebody who is part of the ecosystem somehow. And it's a real privilege for someone who doesn't get that kind of exposure like myself to be able to do it. And it's now vanished. Well, uh, I've called him out of the studio to come and do this. So you better get back to your studio. Uh, thank you very much. And that's just to give you an idea, listeners, of how this thing has affected us as musicians. Not infected us, affected us. Affected us. But thank you, Richard, for taking the time to just let everybody know our plight as freelancers for the most part, that this is work lost, i.e. income not going to be earned. Uh, but life goes on. Children still have to eat. Children still have to be taken back and forth between here and the UK to school, etc. So it is challenging, but we will survive it like we've survived other things. And here comes Kutluano's choice. That was Kol Nidre by Max Bruch, the choice of Kutluano Masote, who was telling us there, how the current situation with COVID-19 has affected him and his business. Fortunately, he's got a job here at Classic 1027, as, as I do too, and this is like a lifesaver for us. And I'm sure radio is a lifesaver for you at home. One of my other colleagues at Classic 1027 is Carolyn Stain, who does the afternoon show. And Carolyn, very often in your programs, thank you, by the way, for being on this program now, people of note, but one of the things you do is to promote uh, music and arts events. And I guess they've pretty well dried up now. You know, Richard, it is a big problem. You know, I like to do an interview every day on my show um, about the arts, etc. But, you know, yesterday there was nobody to interview. <laughs> so it, 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 it's a big problem. For instance, the Nyrox, the Winter Sculpture Fair that they have every year, um, I wanted to talk to them, but there's nothing to talk about because they're on hold. 
until, you know, the world is so uncertain. We don't know what's going to be happening. And then the other person that I did interview was Christine Bianco. You know, she does all these impersonations of Barbara Streisand, Celine Dion. And when she was in Paris the other day, I interviewed her about her upcoming show at the Teatro at Monte Cassino. Well, that's no longer. So um, the world has changed. It's really, and uh, you know, I was just saying um, on air also that uh, two days ago, Monday, I had a full calendar for the next two months. I have absolutely nothing now for the next two months. And it's not only me, it's all the musicians that I work with and the singers and the artists. It's just crazy. I know. And as you know, Timothy Malloy is a very good friend of mine. And he was booked for several months. Again, everything cancelled. Yeah. It's it's a real disaster for the arts and the music world, well, the arts in general. Uh, but I, yes. it was just interesting to hear that, and I'm sure because from from your program point of view, there, there is nothing to advertise at the moment and people haven't got anything to talk about because there's nothing happening. It is so, so, so sad. You know, thankfully, my show is mostly about the music as is yours, yeah. but um, we can listen to music and stay at home and and sort of, you know, live like that. But um, I feel so desperately sorry for all the artists. And what's interesting is that the radio actually is going to become more important as people's friend and source of comfort and music. So thank you for what you do on Classic 1027, and I'm sure you have lots of grateful listeners. Yes, and thank you for what you do. We love listening to your show and the music. And, um, you know, in terms of guests, I think you're going to be quite quiet. (laughs) I think we are. But I've got uh, my son Henry here this evening, and he's talking about a big project that he's involved in. So there we are. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks, Richard. That was Take Five by Dave Brubeck, the choice of Carolyn Stain, who was just talking about how COVID-19 has affected her on her programming and how it affects people like Tim Molloy, for example. So now, Henry... Back to you. What do you see as the the longer term? I mean, it's going to take a while to recover from this because, for example, you know, when a ship stops, it takes a huge amount of energy to get it rolling again. And I suspect that this is what's going to happen to all of us. Uh, to get going again is going to take super energy. It's going to take a lot of energy. Um, I was chatting to a couple of colleagues in the industry and. Uh, even if the virus dissipates in April, um, people have been hit so hard, they're not going to have the disposable income to pick up and go out and do what they were doing. Um, this is so unprecedented. No one I've spoken to actually knows how to deal with the situation. No one knows what's going to happen with rentals, loans, mortgages. Um, it really is affecting people and it affects them. I think it affects them um, mentally as well. Yeah. It's it's tough on people. Yeah. It's stressful. People are anxious and don't know what to yeah. do. Well, um, just talking about rentals, I'm sure a lot of people will be going to their landlords and saying, listen, we've had no income for a couple of months. Can you give us a break? So landlords are going to be hit. Yeah. Everybody's going to be hit. In uh, fact, the only people doing well, I suspect, are banks, cell phone companies, and the tax man. Yeah, and people who produce hand sanitizer. <laughs> They're about the only people making money at the moment. Um, and toilet paper. And toilet paper. I don't know. This is so bizarre. Everyone wants to buy toilet I paper. Know. It's um, absolutely bizarre. No, I know. It's it's. But the, this is the this is the thing. You can't quantify the knock-on effects. 
because no one knows how far the knock-on will go or for how long. Yeah. We're really in uncharted territory now. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, like panic, but I, it's not, I'm not panicking and I'm not you know, proposing that everyone panics, but it's just the, the real aspect of it is that it's going to have a massive knock-on effect on the economy. Yeah, and what is interesting is that the sort of work you're doing with the MAD Foundation, MAD for Adventures, is going to have to get more because there are going to be more people who need more help. I know. Um, I mean, just if we just take our business, our business probably employs 200 full-time and casual laborers, and they support families of three, four. Uh, I mean, if our business potentially goes so it's a anywhere, thousand it's a people. thousand people yeah. that are suddenly, you know, looking yeah. for alternate ways of earning a living. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's tough. It's yeah. tough on on us as well, because these are people that we look after. Yeah, and, and people who you've come to know and enjoy their company yeah. and who are faithful to you. Yeah, um, it's really tough. So it's all going to be about higher love, and that's your next choice by the Ndlovu uh, Youth Choir, Ndlovu Choir, run by Ralph Schmidt. Here it comes, Higher Love. That was Higher Love, performed by the Ndlovu Youth Choir. The choice of my son, Henry Koch, who's my guest here in People of Note tonight. And we're talking about the effects that COVID-19 has just on small businesses. And remember, these are small businesses we're talking about. Well, Henry has a medium-sized business, but I think in, in overall terms, my business, his business are relatively small. And here's another thing. The Ndlovu Youth Choir is probably 50 kids. They won't be able to perform. Uh, rehearsing together will be very difficult because when you're rehearsing, you're breathing a lot, you're spitting because that's what happens when you sing sometimes. And I'm sure they will not be able to rehearse together because you should be standing six feet apart and it's just not possible. Mm -hmm. So it's that sort of activity. And there was an amazing, is an amazing project, uh, which... Uh, runs out of Limpopo, and I'm sure they're suffering in the same way. In fact, I'm going to phone Ralph Schmidt, who conducts the Indorvi Youth Choir, who just had so much success, and find out how it's going for him. Now, what about um, other things that you, you also play hockey, for example? What has happened with hockey? Uh, all sports leagues have been postponed now until an unidentified date in the future. Um, yeah, uh, literally everything has ground to a yeah. standstill. All sports, uh, the Randburg Stadium, which is next door to our one restaurant, is just empty. It's like yeah. a ghost town. And it's a pity because, again, there, there are people who rely on the income from renting yeah. the, the fields and everything to do with that. Well, and, and the people who maintain the place. Yeah. So now there's, there's no income for the, the Astro uh, Stadium. What happens to those people? Are they salaried by the council or how does that work? I'm I'm not sure. I don't think they are salaried by the council. Um, I think they just lease the land from the yeah. council. But yeah. but it's amazing the knock-on effects. And I I just why I wanted to do this program was because I perhaps some of our listeners don't realise the knock-on effect that this has. Luckily here on Classic One Hundred Two Seven we've got a small staff and we can keep the programs going because we we're not gathering in great groups here. Um, there's just two or three of us in a studio at a time. And as long as we stay far from each other, um, Matabatawa, please move away. Um, 
you know, we can continue to broadcast. And I think radio, uh, as I may have said before, is going to be more and more important in the coming weeks uh, as a friend for people because many people can't get out and they like to listen to the radio. So if you are listening and you're a friend, it's wonderful to have you listening. So thanks for staying tuned and keep listening to Classic 1027. Your next choice is a great piece by Wagner. Or I don't know whose choice it was, but one of your group. Yeah, this was John's choice. I'd better give him the shout out for this one. It's the Ride of the Valkyries by Wagner. That was the Ride of the Valkyries by Richard Wagner. Uh, The choice of John from the Mad to Run group, uh, who were going to do a run to Cape Town. It's been postponed, but it will come later in the year. And they're raising funds for the Mad Foundation. Now, someone who raised a lot of money uh, for various charities, and, and artists have done this over the years. Bono did his live aid. I'm sure Bruce Springsteen has done a lot too for raising funds for charity. Yeah, um, you'd be speaking to the wrong person about Bruce Springsteen. I'm not that cultured that I'm very aware of Bruce Springsteen's history. I grew up in a classical music family, Dad. Really? Yes. <laughs> so uh, you can ask me about classical music. I'm sort of American rock stars of the 80s, I'm not so clued up on. But, I'm, you know, it's amazing how many artists um, have raised enormous amounts of money for various charities and funds. Um, when there was a great famine in Ethiopia, uh, Live Aid raised an enormous amount of money. When there was a catastrophe in Biafra in Nigeria, they raised a whole lot of money. Uh, And over the years, it's funny that the arts, which are now being so hard hit, well, everyone's hard hit, but the arts have always been the ones to be asked to raise money because, of course, they can draw a lot of people together at one time and get people going, motivated to raise money, which is exactly what you're doing. How do you get people to join you on these runs? Um, So for us, it was was the challenge. it was just something that we were keen to do and interested in doing to push ourselves. Um, but I think getting on, getting people on board to sort of raise the funds and raise the money, it, it's a personal thing. And I think this is what you're talking about with artists and musicians and restaurants. As difficult as it is for everyone, um, when the subsides, people are going to have to help each other out. And I think that's something that South Africans are excellent at. They're actually really good at uh, sort of coming together and in tough times and volunteering and helping people out. Yeah. So um, as soon as this is over, I'm hoping that people will come out in their numbers to support the arts, to support your concerts. And and if people want to get in touch with you, the, the Mad um, for Adventures, how do they do that? Have you got a website? Or? Uh, there is a website. Um, the website is www.mad2adventures.co.za. Or they can follow on Facebook and Instagram um, at Mad to Adventures. Mad to Adventures. Yeah, to the number two. Oh, number two. Yeah, Mad, Mad number two, number two adventures. adventures. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, there's another thing going on at the the moment, which is I'm for number four, the arts, because as you know, the arts have been particularly badly managed in South Africa. Uh, and and I'm not saying individually they have, but as a as a sort of s- state thing, the arts have been badly managed, and there's a crisis in the arts at the moment because of funding. So I'm for the arts, number four, 
uh, you can go to that website also and see there's a lot of anger around at the moment and people are rallying around to try and support the arts and artists uh, and that's also something you can get involved in uh, Bruce Springsteen we were talking about he uh, has a piece called Born to Run here it comes. The person who was going to do People of Note this week was Dale Rath and she has three young children so she didn't want to come into the studio uh, because of COVID-19 but we've been talking Dale about COVID-19 and about your run which has been postponed but it sounds like an amazing project that you have going there and I'm sorry it's been postponed but I'm sure you're going to do it again later in the year. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for having us on. Um, yeah, we have had to have a look at what's going on globally um, and as well as what's actually affecting sporting events around the world that are getting cancelled. So we've taken the decision as the board of our NPC to actually postpone our event. Um, so we want to still host it, but we are actually going to move it to October this year. Um, our format of our run always is a run from Joburg to Cape Town, and we finished off by running the two oceans. And since that event was cancelled, our plan now is to actually run to the Cape Town Marathon, which will be hosted on the 18th of October. So you mean just for fun at the end, you add a marathon to your run from Joburg to Cape yes. Town? <laughs> yes, a victory lap of sorts. Well, it's quite a victory <laughs> lap to run, I must say. But, but it's an amazing uh, project. And Henry has told us how it's connected to the MAD Foundation. And I'm, I was just saying to uh, Henry early on how interesting it is that young people of your ages are really involved in this volunteering to raise funds. How did you get involved? So we got involved, um, so we've actually been doing this now for about seven years, and we got involved through, my husband watched a talk by Bram Malherba, and he had run the Great Wall of China to raise funds for Miles for Smiles, and he was giving a talk about this run that he had done, and he started an NPO called Do One Thing. And the theme of his message was that everybody just did one thing. It didn't necessarily matter how big or how small your one thing was. If we all contributed, what the state of our nation would, would be. And that really touched him and moved him, and we decided we kind of need to do one thing. And my husband's uncle was very much involved with the Mad Leadership Foundation, and he was a mentor. And so he had told us about MAD, and once we decided that we wanted to run across the country and we needed to look into, you know, we wanted to raise funds, and where would we funnel these funds? Um, and we sat down with the ladies at the MAD Leadership Foundation. They took us through their program and how they run, and it is an exceptional program. Um, the investment that they give the scholars from social and emotional, um, not just the financial support, is just unlike anything else that we had seen or come across. Um, and so when you speak to anybody actually of any age about wanting to invest in the future leadership of this country, I think everybody is excited to participate and do their part. Um, and I think what's nice about our platform is, in terms of running is you don't have to have a lot of money or any kind of social status to do it. Um, you need a pair of tackies or unless you're Henry, hockey boots, and you can kind of take to the road and, and play a part in supporting our country. Well, I think it's an incredible thing, and I just really congratulate you and your group because you really are doing something to help others. And I think with this present situation of COVID-19, we're all going to have to do much more to support other people because if we're badly off, 
for sure there are going to be many people who are much worse off than we are. So thank you very much for what you're doing, and I wish you success when it comes around in October. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for your support. Thanks, Dale. Okay, bye. And here's the choice of music uh, for Dale, which is Johnny Clegg under African Sky, yes. under African Skies. And we're going to go straight to the flower duet sung by Amira. That was the flower duet by Delib from Lakme. And we're sort of coming towards the end of the program now, and I, I think the final choice is going to be Dancing in the Dark, because, as Henry will agree, I'm sure, we're absolutely in the dark as to where this whole thing is going. Yeah, not, uh, not just metaphorically in the dark. We're also literally in the dark for half the time. Um, we are in the dark, and it's tough. But I, I will say this for South Africans, is that they know how to get stuck in when times are tough. And I think that's why South Africa is actually respected all over the world. Is South Africans can take any bad situation and make it good. And yeah. I'm hoping that we can do the same for this. And and I must say also that I've found South Africans to be incredibly hard workers. And resilient. Yeah, very I mean, resilient. They just sort of take it on the chin week yeah. after week and get back up and carry on with life. Yeah. And that's what we're all going to have to do now. So I thought, dear listeners, that that's what I would do tonight is just to paint the picture for you of where some young people are in this uh, situation that we find ourselves in now. So there was uh, Kutluano and Dale and Henry and myself, of course, I'm very young at heart. Um, but of course, uh, I'm older in years, but still with a lot of energy and go. And believe it or not, we're going to pick ourselves up after this and we're going to have to redouble our efforts to get the ship going again and to make concerts happen for you because we do them for you the listeners who come to the concert so please once it's all over do come to concerts you may be nervous but we've got to get up and go so the final piece dancing in the dark that was dancing in the dark uh, with featuring bruce springsteen and i just want to say thank you to you all at home for listening thanks to Henry for coming in at short notice to come and do this program. Thanks to Carolyn Stain, Dale Raff, and to Kutluano who phoned in. Well, Kutluano was here in the studio, but uh, it's been great to have them in to hear what they have to say also. And of course, thanks to Matabataba Hadebe who's helped me put all this together. Thanks, Matabataba. Oh, sorry, I mustn't touch you. Uh, and no shaking hands in these studios anymore which is very sad. But we will do it from a few weeks' time when everything has passed and we're back on track. So there we are. That's it for another People of Note. Have a great week ahead. I'm sure you all will. And don't forget, stay tuned to Classic 1027.